0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ladies Who, our podcast on all things theatrical and feminist.
1: My name is Charlotte. And I'm Chloe, and we make up by theatre. On this podcast, we love to discuss our own experiences as female early career artists, making work that resonates with other women and our thoughts on navigating the creative industry as female artists. This episode, we will be discussing Pucker Up,
0: our debut performance and first original play. But before we get to that, let's
1: have a little catch
0: up. It's been a while since we've recorded one of these.
1: It has. We went <laughs> to uh, put a funding thing in and I was like, oh God, it's been like, what, six months or something since we did the first, first one. i has been yeah. mad. It has been. It. So
0: yeah, we definitely do making one of these basically. So we thought we'd just have a little catch up about what we've been doing creatively since the last podcast. And then we'll talk a little bit more about Pucker Up. So we'll get onto that in a bit but Chloe would you like to fill us in what have
1: you been doing creatively yeah life has been pretty mental the last few months I remember the first podcast we recorded was like just before life went back to normal. we got out of lockdown so like since then I went into working in hospitality a lot to like pay my bills I was taking classes and stuff um and then like Bits of work started to pop up, so I've done my first professional dance job, Woo! which is very <laughs> exciting. Um, I got my paycheck today, and I was oh, literally nice. like, oh my god, <laughs> like it's just, it was mental. And yeah, like that's pretty much it, it's just been. That's so exciting though, yeah. well done on getting that. Thanks. It's amazing. How did you find it? Did you enjoy it? Oh my god, it was literally like a dream. Everyone I speak to about it, I'm just like, it's just so good. Because like, I just, oh, I loved it so much. It was yeah. It was just gorgeous. Like, it was a it was a graduate dance thing with um the Empire Theatre and ATG Group, and we worked with Grace Golden, um and there was eight graduate artists that we worked with and we were all different at different stages in our careers. Like some people did masters, some people were like me and had just graduated, like mid pandemic, um and it kind of brought us all together and it was like basically it's all about like emerging into this new industry that isn't the same and how we as graduates like don't have the experience to be able to navigate the industry as it was before never mind like Mm. how much it's changed now because of COVID right um so yeah it was it was a really amazing project and I'm really looking forward to being able to like finally share like the final product of it because we worked so hard on it it was such a intensive like
0: amazing It was just an amazing experience, and it's really exciting. that sounds amazing yeah. and so true actually like you aren't equipped when you leave you yeah. need to navigate yeah. the industry as it is never mind this completely new industry like exactly. no one really knows what's going to be like yeah. I can't wait to see it I'm so, so excited, excited. I'm, I um, can't wait to see it <laughs> but how are you feeling with um theaters and arts venues and opening up again and all these projects starting actually because that was the first one you've probably yeah. done since since it all went since it all closed yeah
1: I mean like through my studies I did like bits and bobs of like dance work but never really anything to this scale so like Mm. I remember when I graduated last year it was like god how am I like navigating this industry that I don't have the experience to navigate anyways because I've just graduated but when it's in shambles and the government are underfunding us and not Mm -hmm. giving us the respect that we deserve in the pandemic and like to be able to come out of that into this job that's just been so amazing and like really, it has really helped me like begin to navigate things and like working with the empire is like, you know, for an early career artist, it's like dream. that's a big name to have yeah. like on your CV at like 22. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's refreshing to be able to go back and be working and it's like refreshing for me to have done my first job. But just to even just be back in the studio and like. I suppose creating. it'll make you feel quite
0: hopeful for the, yeah, what you've got to come. Like, uh, that's definitely. your first one you've done since everything's opened back yeah. and up, but it's been so amazing. So I suppose you're probably feeling quite excited and like, optimistic about all the dance jobs you're going to get now.
1: Yeah, I hope <laughs> so. I'm like manifesting it and <laughs> into existence because I'm like, it just needs. But it's, it's like things are coming back slowly and it's like it's taking its time, but you know, it's one of them, isn't it?
0: Mm. It's, it's good exciting.
1: that things are getting back open. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to sit in a theater next month and like, oh, just watch. It, it seems mad
0: that we're going to be allowed like, to be honest, but yeah. it's so. I'm so excited for it. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I wanted to ask you just because it was like yeah. obviously such a cool project that you did. Um, have you? Do you think you've learned anything about your own practice and your own sort of like style of dance? Like from yeah. doing it, like what have you learned from it? Like the whole experience.
1: Um, I learnt a lot about the own limitations that i put on making my movement we reflected on this a lot after we did the project because they're making a big education pack to go along with it so we had to do our own reflections and stuff and i kind of came to realize it through the process i went in with an idea of like what my dance style was and how i create and it was very like this is what i do and like the whole process like made me realize that there's so much more to like my movement vocabulary than i even realized and like i can take inspiration from so many more places that i wouldn't have realized i could have like six months ago or a year ago you know i learned so much like being able to connect with other people that are like a few years ahead of me but also in the same position as me and like there's just so much knowledge to soak up from different people Mm -hmm. and i just feel like i feel like i know quite a bit more now because I've like I've spoken to people yeah, in the industry
0: more. That's exactly yeah. what happens though. Like it's so cool and it's it's amazing that you were able to do that. Um it's so good, well done. Thanks. And I suppose as well like coming out of lockdown it'll be good to get back in the studio and do those things again. Like yeah. I imagine you like it was weird not dancing for you. like I don't know, obviously I'm not a dancer. Yeah, yeah. But um, I imagine it was weird and then going back into a studio and actually feeling your body move. I imagine you'll have felt like very strong and very free uh, and your whole yeah. body would have just been like not used yeah. to it but then getting back to it. It
1: was. Like it was such an emotional experience. Like I think it was one of them like I saw all these creatives through lockdown like really thriving and they were like using the time to like get into their practice and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. And like i just graduated, just finished my dissertation after everything pretty much went to shit during my last year and like my passion for like what I did then had just gone down so much because so much in my life had changed so quickly, that like dancing was like my last priority, and like this was kind of the first, the first time I've been able to get into a studio and like, just like it was so emotional being able to like, not just move on my own but like with other dancers and like connect. It sounds so cheesy. Oh no! It like, I feel like I it sounds cheesy good. if you're not a dancer. No, it is good, <laughs> but like. They do a lot of exercise where it was like connecting with each other, right? And it's like it was so like emotional to be able to do that again after so long after like a period not of isolation that. as yeah. well. To like actually connect yeah. with other people. And it was challenging. Like we were doing improv stuff and they were like, We're going to do contact but you're not allowed to do face to face and like, oh. like I I think a lot of dancers, like when you do improv, your instinct is to go and touch each other or pick people up or like mm. do that and like renavigate in that as well was like challenging but also really fun because it made you like completely recontextualize how you look at movement and how you look at how you move and that kind of stuff and how you look at other bodies and respond to them and yeah it, i went was... on a bit of a tangent then but... no no it's good. <laughs> it sounds like you definitely
0: like sort of rose to the challenge and like adapted if that so. makes sense so, yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds good but i do feel like yeah. there was a lot of pressure I feel like a, on everyone, really, but I feel like a lot of creatives I've spoken to have, have said this as well that they felt like in lockdown there was so much pressure to use the time wisely. And yeah. like, so by the time that they came out of lockdown, whenever that was going to be, you know, in a couple of months, so yeah, we didn't know at the time. It was like you'd come out fighting fit, like ready to go into a job, just like you didn't lose a day of practice mm. and you were actually better than when you went into lockdown yeah. and stuff and i just don't know how realistic that is to be honest
1: nah, it was such a toxic mentality to have like i remember seeing ev like and i know it's one of them like i wrote a whole dissertation on how social media is like
0: yeah you, like, you're the worst person Ryan. for this that yeah, i know i know you, I know. So, context we <laughs> wrote her whole dissertation on like how you explain it i don't know why i'm explaining your basically, dissertation. basically
1: um it was about like how people perform themselves on social media and how you can create like a whole new identity so i looked at like erin goffman a little bit of bird like all that kind of stuff about like false realities and then used dancers and performers and how they construct their professional instagram or social media to represent themselves in a certain light Mm -hmm. so that's what it was all about and i'm really bad for it because i know in my head that all of this is a load of rubbish yeah but then i'm like uh, they've done like loads of good stuff on Instagram. <laughs> <And> it's like <laughs> Chloe I know is exactly the what... worst person. She'll come
0: in and be like, "Oh, look at this person dancing," and it's obviously not to like be negative on that person. Like it's lovely to see, but she'll be like, "I can't do that. I can't do that." And I'm like, "Chloe, you wrote ten thousand words on why that one video doesn't necessarily demonstrate their whole repertoire of talents and like them as a performer. Like you should be the one to know. <laughs> but
1: I'm not." I consciously know, but I'm also like, yeah. I choose to ignore it today, <laughs> do
0: you know what I mean? But we are all like totally taken in by it, that's just how social media <laughs> is sadly, which is Isn't another it? topic for another day, yeah. <laughs> um, to yeah. be fair, lovely, it's been good to catch up with you about that sort of stuff. What have you been doing, hit me. Oh, mostly still my masters to be honest, yeah. um, obviously I'm, I'm still doing my masters in performance, um, but it's it's mostly about like performance art and live art that sort of stuff but um Mm. I'm nearly done very very nearly done I did my final performance a couple months ago which was cool I I actually really enjoyed doing that I had a bit of a hard time um I went into the masters and I loved it like it was so interesting to me like it's such an interesting course and I felt I learned so much and I was looking at like really really interesting practitioners and like theories that like just proper blew my mind I was like this is sick Mm. but then I had a bit of a hard time towards the end of it because I felt like it was really hard to make the work that I wanted to make I wanted to make installation and I was having to make it all in my studio flat with like (laughs) limited materials and stuff and like no access to like campus (laughs) and no access to like any sort of like you know stuff like it it sounds so like hard to explain but it was so difficult and even the written work, like I've never struggled with the written work before, but like getting my head around that theory was was hard. Like it was difficult, and I love theory. Like yeah. I'm a right little theory nerd. Yeah. You but are. it was difficult, and um, like obviously I had fab teachers and stuff who who were good, but it's different when you're on Zoom. Uh, yeah. I I think it's very different, so I don't like I took in as much as I would if I was in person. Yeah. And then when it came to writing the essays, I wasn't on the right tracks and stuff, but it was it was difficult. So I I, had, I really struggled towards the end of it. I got some quite low grades in some of my performances and I was it got to the last one and I I was literally like right I, I got proper in my head about it. Yeah. I was like right I've got oh, I've got to this final I've got to this final performance and I was right in my head about it. I didn't know what to do. I had like four different ideas. I had so many different ideas of what I could do. And in the end I was like I did this with meditation last year as well. I was like right As long as I'm proud of it, like, nothing matters. Like, I don't care what it gets graded. I don't care, like, what anyone else thinks of it. As long as I stand by that piece of work and I think it's cool, like, I'm not arsed. Which is not the best attitude move to have if you go in for, like, really, really fab grades, I suppose. But on the other hand, like, if you're proud of your work, like, and you know that you've made something of, like, good quality, like, you will do well, if that makes sense. So I did. I made this mad piece of installation, um... About, like, collections and recycling. I'll go in, I'll go in more into it if you're interested. I don't know if anyone is. Oh, go for it. But, um, I'll do that in a minute. And it went it went down really well. I got, mm-hmm. like, a really high grade on it. It was the best thing I've done all year. And I like it was really yeah. well received. But I think that's because I was passionate about making it. And I enjoyed making yeah. it. And I think you could tell in not only the final thing, like, the final. Like, I had to do it in video, obviously, because installation doesn't really. <laughs> and COVID don't match. So <laughs> I made the installation, then I recorded it. But um, I made, like, a video of it. But um yeah, it went down really, really well, which was good.
1: It was cool. I couldn't have done a masters like with how COVID was, like at all. Like I can't imagine like like I only did what, like, three months at the end mm. of the year and all I had to do was my dissertation in like a dance film and a vibe, and it was pretty Pretty, like, smooth sailing, to be honest. As, like, rubbish as it was. Mm. But, like, I couldn't imagine doing a whole year of university, like, online. Like, it was hard, I won't lie. <laughs> like, there's no wonder, like, it's so hard to engage, like, and, like, connect with your lecturers like, and mm. stuff as well. Because it's, like, if you're never face-to-face with them, like, they're just constantly a person on a screen.
0: Yeah, and they tried yeah. so hard to help us. But it's so difficult when you're not together and you're not having the same sort of interactions that you're having. like... A performance course is so dependent on yeah. those interactions oh and those
1: God,
0: yeah. workshops that we just didn't get to do sadly um but yeah it was hard you've got to be very self-motivated and I'm quite that? lucky that I I am like I can make myself sit down and like I've got to do this work now and I yeah. will do it but even then like it, it was rough I'm not gonna lie but I'm glad that I've done it I've learned a lot so yeah. you know swings and roundabouts <laughs>
1: You've done it. You survived. I've
0: you made it. made it out. Yeah, exactly. It's, well, I've still got to do a dissertation, so I'm not quite out. Uh, yeah. What are you <laughs> doing for your dissertation? Um, I'm going to write... It's a practices research-based degree, so I still am yet to plan it, not going to lie. I <laughs> hope none of my lecturers listen to this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're like,
0: uh, They're like uh, uh, you L- haven't real. planned it yet? <laughs> but it's going to be about um, collections, obviously, because that's what my practice is about. Yeah. And object-oriented ontology which is a mad theory which I've only just gotten to grips with this year and I'm still not fab at it so I need to get to grips with it (laughs) um but yeah so it's a practices research-based degree so it's a lot of the writing is about like how doing this work and how making this work has affected like my knowledge of the subject and how Mm. my practice has developed through the year so it'll be like object-oriented ontology mixed in with my practice and like just basically like my journey from the start of the year right through to the end and like how I came to make the piece of work that I did if that makes sense yeah um but it'll be very heavily theory based very heavily theory based but yeah do you want me to talk a little bit about my final piece yeah um it was kind of cool I, I mean like I really enjoyed it so basically I have a little like write-up here of what it was about. I'm not gonna read it out. It was called A Useful Death, mm. which was interesting. Um, and it was quite an eclectic installation piece. I basically made a disco ball out of like waste items. So I was interested in looking at themes of waste, care, and use and how these come into play in relation to collections. Um so basically I went into bins and charity shops and places like that and just bought loads of like items that have been sort of labeled as like waste or like unwanted or discarded or in that sort of like liminal transformative sort of like place where they're sort of between um interactions and between lives if that makes sense
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and it's between phases in the life I should say and I basically collected all these items smashed them all up into bits, and made a giant disco ball. <laughs> and then I projected onto the disc, I hung the disco ball, and I projected onto the disco ball the videos I had of the objects in their sort of prior form and lifetime, and um, me smashing them up, basically, and the whole process of that. So it was quite cool. Um, and I did that because I was interested in looking at hyperobjects, which yeah. is comes under the sort of umbrella of object-oriented ontology. Which is i should probably tell you what that is object oriented ontology is looking at objects in a way that like doesn't center the human experience All right. if that makes sense yeah. so like if i encounter an object if i encounter say like your mug of tea that you're holding right now my only perception of it is what i see like now like what I, can, and what, and what I can imagine is, well, it came from your cupboard, it's going to go yeah. get washed. Like, that's all I knew about it, but that object had a lot longer life and has have had way more experiences than what I could ever perceive yeah. as a human. Because as humans, we centre ourselves. It's always like, this flat, this cup belongs to Chloe. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's in Chloe's flat and it, Chloe's going to do this with it. But it's a lot larger than that, if that mm. makes sense. So that's a very, very basic sort of run down and then hyperobject is basically an object that sort of it's looking at objects in a way that like goes against this and it's more post-human it's not as focused on the human perception and it's like well hyperobjects are collections sort of of objects or things or assemblages of you know items and objects and bits mm-hmm. and they basically they move and it, so I look at collections as hyperobjects because they move and they change and they're always adapting and they have all these different lives and they come together and they move apart. So that's a bit of a different, difficult one to pin down, definitely. If you're interested, you should definitely read some Timothy Morton because he knows better than me. <laughs> he came up with it. Still but um, yeah, it was interesting. So I looked at these waste items and the interactions they could have and I, made, and I repurposed them and I, I asked the question, could repurposing and recycling be a useful death? If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah it does make it sense. It was interesting.
0: I really enjoyed it. And it was really cool, the final project. And I liked that it, it was a disco ball. Because then when I made the video, I said it to loads of disco music. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> I did. I put it to like mad disco music. I put it to sure. loads of different music. But I, I made sure there was some disco in there. <laughs> and For concept. It was like a sort of jukeboxy sort of style. Because I cause it was such an eclectic piece. Yeah. And because all these things were coming from everywhere. I wanted that as well so the music was dead choppy and it was going from like one genre to the other and really different and mismatched it was sort of like a one of my teachers described it as a bricolage which I liked Ooh, which is a cool word I really like that. that is a
1: cool word. yeah <laughs> but yeah it was really cool that does sound cool yeah I, I enjoyed it <laughs> good it sounds like you did
0: yeah I now need to translate that into a distation so we'll see how that goes <laughs> I do not miss writing. The next catch up on one of these will be Charlotte's writing a dissertation, so she's uh, having a time.
1: (laughs) It's just going to be me today. (laughs) One woman show. One woman show. Charlotte's Charlotte's busy. (laughs) So it's been nice to catch up. Um, Shall we talk a little bit about Pucker Up? Yeah, this will end up being more than a little bit.
0: Yeah, so let's move on to our main topic of discussion for today. And finally speak about it. So, we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to devise and perform our first original play, Pucker Up, and perform it as part of the Angel Fields Festival, which is a fantastic arts festival at Liverpool Hope University. The theme of the festival was information and communication, so the aim of our play was to explore um, insidious and quite harmful messaging women sort of endure and internalise throughout their lives. So we set out to perform constricting feminine stereotypes and these over-the-top ridiculous representations of the female experience Um, to sort of look at that. So that was the ethos and the aim that we gave ourselves for the performance. And we looked at it through clowning, physical theatre, dance, all sorts. We took everything in there, didn't we? Yeah, it was literally... <laughs>
1: like, we were like what do we do what can we do what do we have that we can bring but it's nice because we have such different skill sets yeah so that we could yeah.
0: pop all those little bits in like it was yeah yeah
1: you turn around you went chloe you can do a dance yeah, I like, yeah like
0: you've okay. got to bring your dance i always think that my style like mean, very visual sort of yeah dramaturgy like i always think yeah. a lot about the set and the and stuff like that and how you can use that if that makes yeah. sense so
1: like it was cool, it was really nice. I mean, you came up with the whole idea of the mime, didn't you? I remember, like, it oh, was I me mean, trying our first... to convince you that we yeah, should do mime. <laughs> in our first couple of days, like, the, the, I mean, the piece centres around these ring girls, essentially, and mm. it's set in like a women's bathroom. Yeah, so you want to go through the, the narrative a little yeah. bit? Yeah, so I might not be the best at explaining this, but I'll give it a go. Go for it, we'll see how it goes. Um, so it's basically like through this what's the word?
0: Allegory. <laughs>
1: allegory. I was going to say allegory and I was like, no. Allegory. Allegory. <laughs> through this allegory of a boxing match. Yeah. Um. So it's like a big, like, representation of, like, society and how we kind of pit ourselves against other women and all that kind of stuff. So we decided to set it as this boxing match. And we had these ring girls that were, like, kind of our base characters that we returned to a lot. And mm-hmm. the only characters that we spoke in was when we were playing stereotypes of women. It mm-hmm. wasn't when we was these, like, base characters. Um, so we decided to make the ring girls do mine. Yeah, and that was their the only thing. way of communicating with the audience and with each other. Um, and that wasn't originally how it was going to no, be.
0: No, I remember when <laughs> I was. I said to Chloe, I was like, no, we, we need to do it in mine. Like, that would be so cool. She was like, they're our main characters. Like, that's where the whole sort of ex. Exposition is what it's called. Yeah, the whole exposition for the plot is coming from those two. How are we doing it in mind? Like, there's no way. And I was just like getting up, and I was like, "And we can do this. And we can do this." And I was like, (laughs) "I'm trying to like convince her," and she was like, "Mm,
1: "Okay." When I first said yeah, I was really reluctant. I was like, I didn't. I don't see myself Mm. as. To be honest, I've like. I mean, this is deep. I have a really hard time, like, kind of calling myself an actor because I feel like I'm not. I feel like I'm a dancer. But I am, because I do theatre, so I am. But, like, I always, when you said that, I was like, I'm not, like, an actor. Like, I'm not a mime actor. (laughs) That's not my gig, even though I'm a dancer and that's so so physical. It's so physical.
0: Mime is so physical.
1: Like, it ended up just being so natural and like the ideas for those scenes especially just came to us so yeah. quick. we were like right okay so this is the idea let's try it and yeah. we'd have it blocked in five minutes and it was done
0: And so much of the you humor know? came from those scenes as well because yeah. it was so over the top like it was yeah it, it really worked out i think yeah. i think that was a good shout that we did that it was but yeah we sort of have this extended metaphor of this boxing match that you never really sort of see you see elements of it on stage but yeah. it's just the sense that it's it's going on behind the scenes because the main focus is these two ring girls in the bathroom at this, you know, arena or wherever yeah, that they work. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of quite mischievously and playfully taking the mick out for their women. Yeah. Which sounds horrendous, but it was, it made sense. So, like, they would put on the costume of another stereotype of a woman and transform into that character. And then they were able to speak when they were playing that stereotype. That gave them some sort of agency. That gave them some sort of power in their life and in society, if that makes sense. So they were able to actually communicate with their audience and with each other through words. And yeah, we had some pretty cool scenes came from that. Yeah, so we had yeah. some some pink Jim <laughs> Prince.
1: From my own case studies, working in
0: a bar (laughs) but you know what they were my favorite characters they were my
1: favorite yeah they were so fun
0: like the whole sort of like comedy shtick with it was that they were like really shallow sort of like vapid I think we used that in the script like sort of women and you know as you would say like basic but like I think we both said that we so enjoyed playing those characters because they were so full of comedy and full of like like good line, like good little one liners and jokes <laughs> and like just good energy all around enthusiasm yeah. and like good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah. yeah. That's the that's the right way to explain yeah. it. But then if it was in real life, if someone called me a pink gym print, I'd be offended. But why? There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Like Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's that thing of you constantly sort of see rules like that as like, Oh, that's basic, I not wanna be like that. But it's just being yeah. a sexist isn't it <laughs> yeah,
1: it's funny isn't it because but we like, loved playing
0: those we gave yeah. ourselves the permission to play those roles yeah. that we would never want to play in real life because you'd get some sort of like you'd get the mitten out of you or you'd get like looked down on as like if that makes sense yeah but if you give yourself the permission to play those roles you sort of understand that it's perfectly valid and perfectly fun and yeah Enjoyable to be that, and then you played an angry feminist. I
1: did, <laughs> based off it. So I remember you were like, right. So we have the angry feminist and the educated woman. So basically, this fight kicks off between the pink gin print and the angry feminist. Because mm. the angry feminist gets up on a soapbox, yeah, and starts doing the whole, "You're not a feminist because you do X, Y, and Z, and that can't mm-hmm. be feminist," which obviously isn't true so we kind of took these two extremes it was like there were like two polar opposites and then like put them in a boxing match together so they had a little fight and then the educated woman stepped in to educate us all on intersectional feminism yeah and it was
0: it was interesting because with those two characters being so different we were able to actually like discuss and like touch on really like like topics that are like very controversial at the minute sort of in like feminism and stuff and like really big discussions but just touching them in a way that made the audience sort of like think I hope it, I hope it made them think anyway and like, like with, with quite it. a lot of like humor and like you sort yeah. of laugh and then you think oh actually like yeah, yeah like that's a good point like there was mentions of like there was a line that you said where it was like lip filler and push-up bras can't be socially and politically liberating yeah, yeah. and that's a really interesting like little way yeah. of the topic to get into of like that I I find myself in thinking about a lot of it's like it's that whole thing of, like, are you are you dressing for you? Are you dressing for the male games, oh, yeah. Are you doing all this? Pl- is plastic surgery, can it be feminist? Like, that's a really interesting, yeah. like, discussion to yeah. have. And, and like, we hot ab-
1: topics at the moment yeah, as well. Yeah, very like. hot
0: topics. And I feel like we were able to sort of touch on that for quite a lot of humour, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And not make it, like, oh, God, this is going to be a horrendous, horrendous... To, like we discuss- just
1: ranting in about it because not every, hour, as much yeah. as
0: we love having a little feminist discussion. Not many people. Some people don't yeah. like. Do you know what I mean, and they don't want to be confronted with that in the theater. So it was yeah. nice to tackle that with humor. I think.
1: Yeah, and I think as well the way we went about it was perfect for the audience that we attracted. Like, I mean, we when we were talking about target audience, our main target audience was like young women, like ourselves, like yeah. you know early twenties, like mm. interested in feminism and theatre ultimately but like we attracted different or like some different people that you wouldn't necessarily think would come yeah to see it and it was really nice because I think the way that we went about kind of um having those conversations made it more accessible for people that didn't just think like us yeah and people that weren't might not have been on the same page or like looked at things in a certain yeah. way like we didn't
0: assume that everyone come in and had the same sort of political view as us if that makes yeah. sense so it was like we hope that you leave with the same one yeah but if you came in with it and you left with a different one then that's job job done oh uh, yeah job done yeah, <laughs> so yeah but we had this character of we, we, we sort of had two names for it. it was the educated woman slash the lecturer wasn't yeah. it um which i played and i came in and did a lecture on intersectionality and had a little bit of like Fun with the audience, where I was giving them like a quiz, wasn't it, After I did this lecture, yeah. and um, I enjoyed doing that scene because I enjoyed having the call and response with the audience, that was really fun, um. But that would be something that because obviously this show now, like we want to do more with it in the future. Yeah. But we're sort of in the R and D stage now, I would love to develop that more because that could be like yeah. so much fun. Like just the audience's faces when the lights come up and they're like, "Oh, she's asking me.
1: Yeah. Oh, she's asking me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the realization, isn't it? Of, oh God, I actually mm. have to speak. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that, like recontextualizing the audience's role. Oh, like <laughs> no, but like yeah, I like right. I like that. You know, like we don't want our audience to just be passive. Like, we want mm. them to be active. And, like, that was a massive thing with the burlesque scene Oh. as yeah. well. Like, that was the whole point of that scene, was to get them to be really active. Yeah. And then reflect on, like, the way that they they've acted, yeah. acted and the things that they had done. So,
0: so, I was going to ask this a little bit later, but what was your favourite scene? Because my wife mentioned it was 100% the burlesque scene. Yeah. I loved I love doing that. that. So, for a bit of context, Chloe choreographed an amazing burlesque. It honestly stunning, like, <laughs> just beautiful, Thanks. Um, but the whole idea of it, there was that we wanted it to be a grotesque burlesque, yeah. and we wanted the audience to feel like they'd had some sort of hand in, like, the sexualization of Chloe's character, mm-hmm. the burlesque dancer, and, like, sort of understand the position in, sort of, society that they could hold there, if that makes sense, and the position of power they have as the audience, Yeah. so as this um burlesque went on it got a lot more um well violent and grotesque and Mm -hmm. all the moves weren't sexy and beautiful some of them were a bit more jarring if that makes sense and reluctant yeah reluctant yeah um you did it beautifully um like with your movement and stuff you could like 100% see like what you were doing with it well like it made so much sense and I came out uh With some signs, so the signs started really nice at the start of the dance, and it was like chat clap and like cheer, and obviously the audience are keen to do that, and they were really keen to to get on board. they were cheering, they were whistling, yeah. like they were really encouraging um but then I started coming out with nastier and nastier ones, so the next one said "Cat call," and people did people yeah. cat called you yeah um and people and the next one was degrade, and people did as well, and they looked uncomfortable. But they were shouting really horrible things, yeah. and I think as it went on, they were getting really sick of me coming out with these signs. Like every time I came up with another sign, they were going like, "Oh God, like not again!" Like a few of them were going, "Oh, like" because it was so uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: But then some more other people got more comfortable. I yeah, felt. it depends. I think the audience were some. Well, it just depends on the person, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. They were like some of them were very like,
0: yeah, going into for it. it.
1: Like I think a lot of like, theatrey people got into it. Would get into it. Yeah, you know, but. Yeah, it was funny yeah. because they
0: were so keen when it was like to be like, like cheering for you and whistling at you, like go on. Even when it was at like cat call, they were like, yeah, like someone would like get you out, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> And uh, stuff like that. And they were so keen. But then the second it said like degrade, and it felt a bit nasty, they were like, oh god. And they sort of reflected on well, they done, they'd just been doing that. Yeah, if that made sense. And yeah. then the whole scene after that was reflected on, like, had they sexualized your character? Like, what mm-hmm. role did they play? And sort of like looking at wider society, like what role do you mean? Yeah. Like what role do they play in that sort of yeah, sexualization yeah. of women yeah. on a day to day basis? Because a lot of those people would never dream of catcalling someone on the street, yeah. I, I imagine. But they were so happy to do it when you were on a stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, innit? And we, we did tell them to, I'm not condemning them for that. Yeah. We literally asked them to. <laughs> like I had a sign and I was really going to. Catcall
1: her <laughs> right now. Degrade her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But it was interesting, and I think that would yeah. be something I definitely want to take forward. Uh, yeah, I loved that scene so much. Yeah, it went. I loved it was that. so interesting. Like it sounds weird. You got shouted at the whole time, and you loved it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was dancing as well. I was like, "Yeah, this is a vibe." Although good. some of the stuff people were coming out with were quite funny sometimes. Yeah. So I did have to like, really be like, compose yourself. I think it went down well though. Yeah, I think it, it did. did.
0: It did. It was yeah.
1: good. Um. I think we should speak a little bit about our lovely helpers yeah <laughs> oh my god literally this piece could have not been possible without like the people we worked with yeah
0: so we brought on some fantastic female artists um would you say early career sort of similar to ourselves yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um they have a lot of different projects that they do they're absolutely fantastic yeah. i'll let you they speak are. a little bit about them if you want
1: yeah so i did a creative development course with Temesis Theatre called wicked women and that's how i met um our set designer and our sound designer we got Rach hankin to do our sound design mm-hmm. who was absolutely insane and after yeah. that she went on to work with Tomesis um on their piece in physical fest as well yeah. um and she was just amazing absolute star like
0: absolute star
1: it was very sound heavy because yeah we had, yeah 100%. with it being
0: the boxing going on in the room that was loads of soundscapes yeah like every scene
1: had a soundscape yeah every scene much. had a
0: soundscape and like when we put the characters like clothes on a lot of the time we were transported yeah. to like another location it's like a club bathroom or like a classroom and she did that all through sound it was yeah. fantastic it like, was
1: amazing
0: so we she never had amazing. to change the set like it the set stayed you know a bathroom the entire time yeah. but the location changed through the sound
1: yeah and we wouldn't yeah. have been
0: able to do that without her i don't know um, we also had like boxing announcements and stuff, yeah. and like crowds. Like she was absolutely amazing. I work's fantastic. Yeah,
1: she like she really made it what what it was. Didn't yeah, hundred percent. And so did Amy. Um, our set designer was yeah, insane. She runs an Etsy shop called the Eclectic Feel, and she upcycles a lot of second-hand furniture, but mm-hmm. in her own like funky. Weird. It's so like, cool. Her, how how do you describe beautiful. it? It's so
0: bright and colorful and like eclectic? eclectic which is my it vibe is. as we've discussed <laughs> I
1: remember when we were thinking about like who who we could get in for set and I was like wait mm. Amy's Etsy is amazing and I showed you her Instagram you're like oh we have to get her yeah you're like let's go and it we literally matched our vision yeah and she did such an insane job like mm. it was mental we basically like our main piece of set was these toilets mm. and we've got these plain white toilets from like Wix I think it was yeah and like I was just like go mad do whatever you want go, go crazy mad. and she did the most insane job they like were so ever cool. she made us placards and so, she made all the yeah, placards she did. all of there was like big prints that she made as well she was oh they were
0: amazing yeah mental for like the set for like because we had just had a curtain on the back of the stage and we yeah. wanted it to sort of have the more of a feeling of like a solid wall so she made us these big prints that they had like sort of like feminist graffiti, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was. Which was so cool. The toilets had sort of like a graffiti vibe, like it was amazing. It was, so amazing. Cool. It was so And cool. it was cool to be able to work with her because not all of the set was of the toilets we bought from Wix, but some of the set and a lot of it was upcycled from yes. like vintage or like second hand. Yeah. So that um oh God, what would you call it? Uh, it's like a room
1: divider. Isn't yeah it? a room
0: divider, yeah. She brought one of those that we hung clothes on and stuff that she'd upcycled um and that's really cool because um we talk a lot about like well I talk a lot about sustainability in my own practice yeah yeah and then it obviously bleeds into like our work as well and 100%. like I, I, for me I don't want to make a piece of theatre that then you finish it and you've made a huge mess and you threw away loads of props yeah. and set and like everything's single use so we've got some really good set pieces that are really like beautiful. They were yeah. upcycled and we'll continue to use them for performances yeah. and performances to come. They're really adaptable, Um so that was quite important to me. Just yeah.
1: Because, yeah. I mean, it's important as well because of where we are in our career. Yeah. Like we can't be affording to like yeah. just throw everything away all <laughs> yeah. the time. And like but you'd
0: be surprised how many people do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It is bad. Is it a, like a especially in like sort of. I've seen a lot of performances and I'm not um, being negative about them because they're amazing performances but like and I'm so guilty of this I love whacking a bit of paint out some ink like loads of paper like making something on stage like but you've got to think at the end all of that's going in the bin so if your piece has anything to do with sustainability and you're throwing away six rolls of paper covered in paint at the end of every show yeah it's not the most sustainable I've seen a lot of performances like that where it's you know, they're showing the, the overuse, the overconsumption. Yeah. The, like, they're showing the single-useness by performing that single use, which is can be powerful, but you've got to measure in your head, like, does the impact... Is it worth the actual use and the actual yeah. consumption and the actual waste that you're making? So it's a... Yeah, it's a difficult one to navigate. It's an yeah. interesting... um discussion to have yeah but i think for me i would always like with my theater for it to be a bit more like yeah a bit more sustainable a bit more uh, yeah like if that makes sense
1: yeah
0: 100 so if you ever see me uh pour paint on myself on stage uh mind your business because <laughs> i have said this now
1: so i can't go back i'll be like charlotte not
0: today <laughs> yeah be like actually you said this so <laughs> lovely so I we want to do a little Q&A to answer any questions that you might have about Pucker Up Um, and make sure that we're actually discussing topics that you want to hear about as well. So we asked on our Instagram for some questions and we're going to go through them and answer them now. So thank you to everyone who sent us a question. So first up, what does Pucker Up mean to you?
1: Be prepared to be like engaged in this really like mad thing. You know? Yeah. Brace yourself. Yeah. That's what it means to me and I think like that's why it made sense for it to be the the yeah, name of the piece. i agree i think it's quite
0: that sort of where those words pucker up i have quite a lot of like imagery attached to them for me so i think of like first of all a mouth and like puckering up and kissing mm. i think of putting lipstick on and like sort of puckering yeah lips to do that um which are obviously two things that we're interested in we've talked about like in our piece about sexualization of women yeah. and so all that stuff um and then as well, like, it makes me think like, the word up and with the, the context of the boxing in our piece makes you think of, like, getting ready and then putting, what is it, like, putting your hands up for some of them? I know it's yeah. not the same ready phrase, but, like, it does. It just makes you feel like, brace yourself, like, get ready. Yeah. And then I, I like as well that it sort of primes the audience. It's, like, telling them, it's like, pucker up, get ready. Yeah. So it's, like, they know from the get-go they're involved. Yeah. Like, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, but in terms of the performance, like, not just the name, like, what does it mean to you? Like, it's our first ever piece of theatre. Yeah. And we've chosen, it. like, quite intentionally to do it about, like, as a lot of people describe it to me,
1: mad feminist stuff. So... <laughs> <laughs> it was a mad feminist performance. It was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was great. And, like, I feel like it was really, like... We have a lot of conversations just generally as friends, like, mm. that we kind of brought up in the performance and I feel like it was very like authentic to us and like it wasn't it was calculated but not in the sense of like we're going to talk purposefully about this one topic Mm -hmm. like it just felt like a really authentic conversation that we'd usually have around feminism just put on the stage and like recontextualize a little bit yeah it felt
0: to me like we were navigating all these like discussions and negotiations that we have anyway like that we have with ourselves and that we talk to each other about but just on a stage with a lot more theatrics behind it we were still navigating those issues and we were still trying to find answers I don't know if we did I don't know if I ever will but we definitely discussed it and we definitely got to like play those out if that makes sense so it felt like a really nice opportunity to be able to do that because obviously as creatives that's a lot of how we we do things like we if that makes sense like We perceive a lot of things through art and through all that, so it was nice to be able to like take those issues that we've been like thinking about and not really getting anywhere with, and like play them out on a stage and see what we thought at the end.
1: It was interesting. It was a cool opportunity.
0: It was very lucky. Um, And the next question was how did you come up with the name? But we sort of just answered that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: So how did the rhyme and poetry come about, and why did you use it?
1: this is a funny story basically what happened was when i was choreographing the burlesque charlotte was like right i'll write this scene and then she went chloe can you come and read it and i went okay Mm -hmm. so i went and read it and she was like oh by the way i wrote it all in rhyme (laughs) just because that's how your brain works for some reason and then i was like this is actually a vibe though like it's actually you're like unintentionally well I don't know if it was intentional it's just the way like your brain started to yeah, do it I, yeah it did I, suppose.
0: Like, I didn't sit down and go oh I'm gonna write this in rhyme but I've never thought of myself as like oh I'm a script writer like I'm a really good script writer I've written a couple of scripts through my university experience nothing mental nothing I've been really really insanely proud of um but obviously we sort of devised the scenes and came up with a plan for the performance together in the space so then it just felt like just clarifying the you know exact words that would be said so yeah. it's like a lot of the pressure was taken off this like oh you need to be an amazing script writer because yeah. the bones were there yeah it just needed like the actual words and I started writing and I just started writing and then I was like this could rhyme so I thought I'll try it I'll write it and rhyme I started with the prince scene the pink jim prince that was the yeah. first one that ever got given rhyme and I just started doing it like that because I thought it was funny and then it, it just worked like yeah it was nice and i kept doing it and then i wrote that really long end piece of narration that you read yeah, at the end i love that that was quite powerful i think where the two ring girl characters were walking home and it sort of narrated their like
1: the journey the journey
0: getting home and sort of like the dangers and the anxieties that they would face and i didn't mean to write that in rhyme like at all i wrote half of it pretty normally and then as I was thinking about it and I knew on stage we, the pace was going to be picking up because it was getting more tense and the characters were getting more unsettled. Yeah. And it sort of just fell into this rhythm of like sort of you could almost imagine the footsteps if that made sense and it fell into this, it just got faster and the rhythm just worked. Um, But I like it. I like writing in rhyme. I think yeah. it takes some of the pressure off because it almost feels like you're writing like a little nursery I'm like, nothing serious yeah if that makes sense yeah rather
1: than like rather than calculating like, how to write this and yeah script, script yeah. writing is really intimidating for me yeah like, it was for me when it was like oh god we need to try and write these like write these scenes yeah. and I was like god I feel like I barely call myself an actor never I'm like a never mind, bloody writer. script writer do you know what yeah. I mean but then if you like go and write and in rhyme and you're
0: sort of like it's like it's like giving yourself a task like like, oh, but you can only... It's like if you play any game, Like, but you can only do it this way. You can only do it in words that rhyme. You get a lot more creative. Yeah. Like, it feels less, like, pressure. You don't have to have, like, this most amazing, beautiful script. It just needs to be rhyme and funny or, like, rhyme and something. And it, yeah. it works. Like, I really like writing and rhyme. I would do that again, to be honest. Yeah. It, it's cool. That should be our thing. Writing and rhyme all the time. Yeah. That, that's fine, because that's it's all funny. I write as anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it felt really natural, though. Mm, it did. And yeah. I think that's why it works as well, because it wasn't... Forced. It's not like you were like, I'm going to do it in rhyme and it's got to be. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna force a it. I Shakespearean
1: it, sonnet. I you know did fall, let it fall. If it, if there was
0: times where it didn't make sense, I let it fall out of the rhyme, and yeah. you can see that in the last scene. It it went and it came back and it it broke its own rules. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's really um, nice. But by the end of it, like we we finished, didn't we? We had the whole piece together, and then Rach and Amy were our little test audience. Yeah. Came and watched it, and they were like, "You need something at the end. Like it's not finished." And we sort of agreed, but we weren't sure because we were like, I feel like we could add about six more scenes to it, and yeah, just keep going yeah. forever, and just never finish it. But we we're like, right, we need something, so we were like, oh, right, a little bit where we can speak like just us, no costumes on. Yeah. Or, well, actually, all, all costumes the costumes on. on. We actually had all the costumes on, but actually, as us as the, theatre makers, if that makes yeah, sense, and people. and people, and as women, and as all of the characters that had just been on stage, just speak like, properly as well, not, you know what I mean? Not in it, yeah, because like, the time we'd spoke was, was in an as, accent or as a character. Yeah, right? it was, like, being stupid, yeah. basically, so actually just to speak properly, I and mean, we wrote, I wrote this little poem for the end, didn't I? Mm-hmm. And I've never written a poem, I'm terrified of poetry. I, it was gorgeous. I, I loved it at the end, because it just, because I wasn't preoccupied with it being, like, it needs to be the most amazing piece of poetry ever, I just had a couple of things that I needed to say, and it needed a structure, if that makes yeah. sense, and the Poetry allowed that to happen. So I'm definitely not a poet, but I enjoyed it.
1: (laughs) You should be a poet.
0: Thanks. I liked that little piece of writing though. That was really nice.
1: It was. It was gorgeous.
0: And it worked. It summarised it it nicely. Yeah. Very nicely. Um, So what would you develop for future performances? Hmm. I think I've touched on this a few times. I think Um. the um, lecture scene. Like, I loved it, but I would love to make more of it because it was so much fun.
1: Yeah, I think there's so many areas in loads of the scenes for development. The Pink Jim Prince, that scene could be a whole ten play. minutes long. Yeah, it could be a whole play. Like, those like, characters could be a
0: whole standalone play. Like, literally. Like, they were funny.
1: Maybe that's our next piece. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> the whole play, it.
0: but me doing a bad Scouse accent.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about, though. <laughs> yeah, I think also, like, it'd be really interesting to look at, like, how we play with the audience more. And how mm. we can like involve them in more things Yeah. and speak to them more. We were limited people.
0: as well because of COVID. Like, yeah. we could, oh, we yeah, could speak to them and get them to speak, but we couldn't get them on stage. We couldn't go into the audience and we wanted to. Yeah, so we really
1: did. I think we planned for that, had we? Yeah, you? we had.
0: So I think we'd want to do a lot more sort of immersive and audience interaction sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as well maybe some more
1: poetry we'll see <laughs> maybe maybe not we'll we see We will see. i mean we're hoping to get some funding to do some more r&d so yeah we will uh get your poetry great <laughs> and we'll go but yeah what do you think you've learnt anything from this
0: like whole The whole
1: process has been like just mad mm. like i've learnt so much about like like this is a first piece that we've created together right and like that's mental to think because yeah, it's like, that's weird. Because I feel like we've done so much me together, too. but
0: then actually we sat down and we were like, we've never made a
1: piece of yeah. theatre together, even through uni. No, we never was in the same group for en- once anything. Once didn't we? We I did. Think we, so, did yeah. you not do the applied stuff with me? Oh yeah, that was yeah, it, That yeah. was the one. Literally time. like a five-minute assessment. thing. Yeah,
0: with other people in the group and stuff. So never. It wasn't just up. us. Yeah. It was literally like it wasn't anything mad, was it? That was the yeah, only yeah. time
1: we've ever, like, properly made a piece of theatre together. And then we come up with a whole performance. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Because, like, I remember being like, oh, God, like, when I realised, I was like, oh, God, what if we end up not working well together? Even though we're, like, yeah. best mates, I'm like, it's going to be fine. But it's like, what if, like, our working dynamics don't yeah. work well together? Because they have in every other context.
0: Yeah. So it's like, we work really if... well. We work really well together. We, we only work this out. We, uh, we're both... Uh, theatre nerds, <laughs> we are, <laughs> and uh, we were both in the musical theatre society, that's yeah. where we started working together. But we never like made or devised a piece of theatre, we just always directed and stuff together. Yeah. Um, but like, and then we obviously work really well doing stuff like this, like teaching, but, yeah, like. We'd never ever like and it felt like we had I, we literally sat down on the rehearsals like we've never made a piece of theater together how because yeah. it feels like we've done so much yeah. stuff together we've worked together for years but this is the first time
1: and it just came so naturally as well like yeah even like in the way like we did rehearsals how it was like oh you can go and write and i'll go and do this choreography or like you know like this is the idea for the scene let's just give it a go and see yeah and nine times out of ten the first go would be, like, that's, that's good. all right, yeah. do you know, like, because we just, we're both on the same wavelength, and that really surprised me. No,
0: yeah, there was so many times during that, like, um, rehearsal process, where we were just thinking the exact same thing, and we'd, yeah. like, we'd, we'd do something, we'd go, right, stop, and then we'd just go, yeah, we know, we know, and we'd yeah. start again, and we'd, yeah. we'd do it right, like, because we knew that the same thing needed to, change if that makes sense like we were just on the same wavelength at all times so we both go oh I've got an idea and it would be the same thing yeah to add. <laughs> which is cool it's a nice little working dynamic to have
1: yeah
0: um I think I've learned a lot to be honest as I said we were able to like play out a lot of the issues that we think about a lot of the time actually on stage so I feel like I have more like things to talk about more nuances to my yeah. discussion now I also have more confidence in myself as a scriptwriter. I'd be interested to try and write some different scripts and just see. You like, should just You're see so how they go. Thanks, I'm not really the thanks.
1: You are none of this. <laughs>
0: <saddest day. laughs> but I enjoyed it, so I'd, I'd be I'd be keen to try that again. And like, maybe I think the difference as well as like the sort of the rhyme might have been. I knew I was writing for us on a stage rather than I'm going to write a play, which seems proper like. Party, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean I knew it was just writing for us so maybe if I think like I'm gonna write for, I'm gonna write for bite maybe I'll have more success because I'll know the end goal if that makes sense yeah, yeah I know but what I you have mean. like direction um so yeah I think I'd be I've learned that like I shouldn't doubt myself as much in that yeah,
1: definitely.
0: and I should be like maybe trying some more to do a bit more of it
1: it's been great to hear from like our followers and we've had such great reaction from people like about Puck It Up and also like just all the stuff we've been doing at the moment it's been really lovely and like our reviews have been really good and it's just been oh yeah our reviews do you want to read some of the reviews yeah because we've had a few little good ones haven't we um Hooker Up is fun, thoughtful, and an energy-filled piece that explores the complexities of modern feminism and our role in the movement as young women. I felt so empowered watching it, everything was so considered and well thought out. Not a dull moment. Oh. Great performances from Chloe and Charlotte. Oh. Yeah. That's so nice. There was another one that was like, it was phenomenal, oh. gave me goosebumps, it was amazing. It's just so nice to like have. Have support. Didn't we have one that was, like,
0: uncomfortable but in the best way? Yeah. (laughs) Like, if that does not summarise that burlesque scene, like, 10 out of 10. That's, like, the piece
1: summed up in, like, seven words,
0: (laughs) it? Yeah, it was good.
1: Um,
0: Again, we absolutely love hearing from you and getting feedback, so our DMs are always open if you'd like to chat about any of our work or give us some feedback. Or if you have a uh, podcast topic you'd like us to discuss, um, just let us know our next podcast is going to be on our like journey from like literally from being like little to now like our whole creative journey our practices how they've developed how bike came to be um which we've touched Mm -hmm. on but we haven't really gone in depth so look forward to that Um, i think we're gonna end it there but yeah thank you for sending questions thank you
1: for your support thank you for listening uh see you soon see ya You've been listening to the Ladies Who podcast from Byte Theatre. Byte Theatre is a North West based theatre company founded in 2019 by like-minded women to create challenging work that explores the female experience. We create sour theatre, cutting edge work that is politically charged, incredibly quirky and unapologetically female. We're committed to championing female artists and supporting their creative development. And as a company founded by Northern Women, we're really keen to combat both androcentric and London-centric notions of theatre by bringing our own distinct, brand successful, lively performance to Liverpool's rich cultural performance scene. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and let us know. You can find us on Bite Theatre on Instagram, Bite Theatre Liverpool on Facebook and Bite Theatre underscore on Twitter. Our email is bitetheatreliverpool at gmail.com if you fancy saying hello. You can also watch Pucker Up by Bite Theatre at the Angel Fields Festival 2021 on YouTube at Bite Theatre.
0: Have you ever considered how the insidious and harmful messaging women internalise impacts their own perception and performance of femininity? Bite Theatre presents Pucker Up, their debut performance combining immersive practices with clowning, dance, and incredibly quirky visual performance. Expect in-your-face girliness, grotesque burlesque, unapologetic angry feminists and the transformative powers of a woman's bathroom as you engage in a nuanced discussion of female empowerment consumerism and collective liberation
1: thank Thank you you for listening